Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Happy Brewers Outlet Day, everybody. Great to have you with us. It is Friday. You've got a lot going on this weekend. It's going to be cold, right? which means probably more inclined to be indoors. There is a lot to watch. You've got wrestling tonight, 6 o'clock, Penn State, Michigan wrestling on BTN this evening. Plenty of college basketball tomorrow, including uh, Penn State, Iowa, and uh, Carver-Hawkeye at 4.30, and the NFL playoffs this weekend. Last weekend, more people watched the NFL playoffs than they have in years. They averaged $30 million a broadcast. And you've got Cincinnati, Tennessee. You've got Green Bay, San Francisco. You've got Tampa Bay and the Rams, and then you've got the Bills and the Chiefs. So you need to stock up at Brewers Outlet. Right, go out tonight. Just get it done now. Get it done now. That way you can have everything you need. Imports Domestics Microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Okay. Six great flavors of slushies in that pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. For Kia Hyundai, best of new inventory, great pre-owned inventory. Great pre-owned inventory. All with the Sunbury Motors guarantee and a fabulous service department takes care of everything. This is one-stop shopping. Hey, inspections, routine, difficulty, take care of it all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Roots 11 to 15, Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Tom McCarthy coming up in a few moments. Looking forward to hearing from him. Neil Kulong today, Rich Scarcella today, Josh Getzoff, the play-by-play voice of the Penguins, on today as well. So we've got a big show going on for you today. Stay warm, everybody. We will do everything we can to make the uh, next couple of hours move by quickly for you, keep you informed with some interesting conversation. That's going to be our job today. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Great to have you with us on this Friday on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Welcome back to today's show, brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports Domestics Microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. They roast those peanuts fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of slushies in the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. This guy and I go back a long way, back to the days when he was doing St. Joe's and I was doing Penn State. I'm still doing Penn State, but now he's doing the Eagles. Excuse me, he's doing the Phillies. He's on CBS. Tom McCarthy, my good friend, it's great to have you with us on the show today. Thanks, Josie. It's good to be with you, man. All right. <laughs> hey, I got to start out with uh, yesterday you had the Eagles and Bucks, and as I was driving back from the airport, because I had Ohio State and Columbus yesterday, driving back from the airport, I heard a couple of the uh, – 
of the uh, touchdown calls on Westwood as I was driving back. Great calls, by the way. Uh, anything about that game, like, strike you and sit back and go, boy, I, I didn't really expect that? Yeah, I, I didn't expect Jalen Hurts to be as overmatched, honestly, Jonesy, as he was. I, I, I thought the Eagles would have a really tough time winning that game, only because I did the Buccaneers the week earlier, and I was really impressed with just the way that they distribute to everybody. But I really did not think that Jalen Hurts was going to be that overmatched. Uh, his throws were not good. Uh, he seemed rushed, and it just seemed like the game was fast for him. And, and you know, I mean, he has is one of more one of the more accomplished college quarterbacks in recent years, and it just didn't seem like that experience helped him in this kind of a game. Yeah, it did not in that type of game. You've seen Brady a lot during the course of your yeah. time. Um, what is it about him that, you, that you'll that you walk away and, and appreciate maybe more than ever that maybe you hadn't appreciated before? I just I, I think it's, it's really how smart he is when it comes to the game itself. Uh, because, you know, he was not gifted with the greatest physical talent. I mean, he'll be the first one to tell you that. But he has somehow over the years figured out, and you saw him when he was in college, I mean, there were times where he barely played. There were years where oh. you know, he wasn't the main guy. Um, right. But I just think he's smarter than than most guys are. I really do. I, I know experience helps a lot with everything that we do in life, but he has somehow... You know, people talk about physical steroids, like people that take, you know, steroids to be physically stronger. Yeah. He has done something to make himself mentally and, I guess, educationally stronger. I don't know what it is. It's just, he's just a smart dude. He's just a smart dude. Yeah, no, he, he is. In fact, you're right. When he was at Michigan, uh, Lloyd Carr caught a lot of heat because they wanted, the fans and media wanted him to play Drew Henson. And right. he kept yep. he kept playing he kept playing Brady and what are you playing him for? Well, now of course you know he comes back and he's you know they they act as if they were behind him all the way. So he's <laughs> 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 like, hey, he's That's our guy. So I so always love Brady. Yeah, <laughs> no, I was standing there when you weren't behind Brady. Uh, I have to ask yeah, you. I, what you know, would... Go ahead. I was going to say Jay Feely. I've done games with Jay and Jay was his teammate at Michigan. And he does contend that, locker room-wise, that he knew that he was he was big-time, not this big-time. But they knew that they were better when he was quarterbacking them at Michigan. Locker room. Maybe not boosters, but locker room felt that way. Well, Lloyd Carr knew. Lloyd Carr yep. knew. Right? So, I mean, that's, that's an important guy in the locker room to have with you. Uh, you worked Amen. the week before. You worked the week before uh, in an emergency. I think you were doing basketball out on the coast, and had to come over and do the game with Tony Romo. What was the experience? Uh, you worked with a lot of different people, obviously. What was it like working with Tony Romo? It was actually it was great, Steve. I mean, he um, he's like a big kid. I think he just heard it in that call. You know, just the the exuberance, the 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 wonderment of it all, I, I think that's how he does it. You know, that's how, and, and that's how he did do it when he and I worked together. You know, he and I had met a couple of years ago at a couple of CBS seminars, but it was really just briefly. Uh, but he didn't really miss a beat. I, 
I was just trying not to get in anybody's way more than anything else. The last couple of years with the pandemic, I've been the quote-unquote on-call guy. Yeah. Because as the seventh crew, yeah, as the seventh crew, I don't always work. Um, so they had me on standby every week, and I would prepare for every game, and they rebuilt a studio in my house and things like that. And, um, you know, this you know, this was kind of a surprise. You're right. I was supposed to be in San Diego to do basketball, and then they called on Wednesday and said Jim had tested positive and uh, once I found out from Jim that he was totally fine, I, I felt a little bit better about the whole situation. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's it. But as long as he was fine, you knew you could just go in and do your job and he'd be back this past yep. week, which he was. Yep. Uh, years ago, uh, not, not years ago, a couple years ago, I was talking with Eli Gold. Of course, Eli does Alabama. And Eli's done a wide variety of sports. And as you know, I do football, basketball, I do baseball, I do minor league baseball up here. And the two of us were talking about the change in sports we feel like always keeps us fresh. You're doing the NFL, you're doing college basketball, then eventually the Phillies. Do you feel the same way that by changing sports it keeps you fresh? I, I really do. I've always felt that way. You know, I've cut back in recent years, although sometimes it doesn't seem that way, like these last couple of weeks. Uh, I have a lot of games on my schedule. But I remember when I was really just starting out I, I guess I was still with the Phillies the first time maybe I was with the Mets but I would do a full slate of Rutgers football games or Princeton football games depending on the year and then I do a full slate of St. Joseph's basketball or Princeton basketball depending right. on the year yep. and then I would do 25 games on CBS TV CBS Sports Network TV and then I'd coach the school basketball team so there were nights where I wasn't home you know for 30 days at a time and you know, people asked me about that, and I said, well, one was because my boys were playing. The other one was because I do think it makes me sharper as a broadcaster. Uh, I'm fortunate now where I don't have to do as much, but I still have my hand in it enough. And I just think it makes me better working with different partners, seeing how people prepare, seeing how I prepare differently from one year to the next, and... I'm always a big, and I know you are too, Steve. I'm always a big pace guy. Like yep. pacing is really important to me as a broadcaster. Yep. And I just think that one sport helps me with the other one. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I totally. Yeah, pacing is important. And then the pace of baseball is different than the pace of basketball. It's different pace of football. And it, and people don't realize it doesn't take it doesn't take much to adjust at all. But the different pace is what keeps you sharp. Right, and Absolutely. I, I think, that, yeah, I, yeah, and that that's that that part I just thoroughly enjoy. Um, any thoughts on with the Phillies and baseball in general? They're going; it's it's not going anywhere at the moment. You and I both know how this works. Any concern that games will be missed on your part as you sit back and play the waiting game? Yeah, we, we've been asked not to talk about it at all, Steve. Um, fair. Because there's Very so fair. much speculation going into it. Um, you know, my hope is that we have it sooner rather than later. I think that's the easiest way of putting it. I, I'm excited to see Bryce come back after an MVP year. Um, but they're really, you know, they're really, they want us to just keep it, you know, sort of, sort of streamlined because we're not in the meetings with it. But they, um, right. I'm hoping sooner rather than later. Yeah, that's very fair. Very fair. I'm glad you said that. I do want to ask you about Bryce for a moment. You watch him on an everyday basis. After he got hit, people were wondering, like, boy, how's he going to bounce back from it? 
what allowed him to not only bounce back from something that's a scary hit, but then to excel the way he did? I think that he has, you know, we just talked about Tom Brady, you know, this, this ability to kind of think the game through. And I think Rice over the years has shown that same ability. You know, people that are at the level of Tom Brady, um, and I think Michael Jordan was that way, and I'm not trying to compare Tom Brady or, you know, Bryce Harper to Michael Jordan, but I do think that there's, there is a, there's a mental capacity and sort of a, a slowing down of the game capacity that these guys have that nobody else has. And I think that in some ways he was able to refocus and that kind of got him back to where he needed to be. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but I just think no, that he it does. There's a, there's a refocusing, I think, and all the great ones are that way. I mean, they are. They just, you know, Jimmy Rollins was always that way. Chase Utley was always that way, where they could just refocus and take something that's a negative, and even if it's a physical negative, and make it into a positive. And I think that, you know, those. I think the great ones are able to do that. Yeah, so I think they're able to take something. And this is, like, before they go to the plate. This is something that yeah. happens in batting yep. practice. That's where it happens. Then when they get to the plate, they're in the moment, and whatever happened around them had nothing, has nothing to do with the moment. It's now their moment. Yeah, it's a slowing down of things where yeah. the moment just doesn't become too big for them. It just, you know, we all strive for that in anything we do, but I think as an athlete it's even harder. Uh, something that's been difficult for the Phillies has been the composition of the bullpen. But, Tommy, Tom, you and I both know that every single team in the league, okay, National American League, they're all trying to hit those one- or two-year wonders in the bullpen that get recycled all over the place. I just felt like the Phillies just haven't hit it right the last couple of years because I think that's a spot where you've got to be really fortunate. Am I right about that? I think that there's a lot of luck that's involved in it, yes. Um, I think about the, the late Real Cormier, um, who the Phillies had for, you know, a number of years. And Lefty. Yeah. You know, one year he'd be really good, one year he'd be he'd struggle. Then he'd be really good, and he would struggle. Um, that's, to me, and, and listen, you have pieces in the bullpen that should be good every year. Your closer, uh, you know, Maybe your setup guy or your lefty specialist, but it's those other pieces yeah. that are hard to fill. And I do think that that's cyclical, and there's a lot of luck involved. I think that that has always been that way in baseball. You know, my, my feeling is, and I don't think I'm different than a lot of folks on this, is that I, I think sometimes we burden the bullpen too much when we when when you don't have it. And I'm not saying the Phillies, but I'm saying baseball teams in general. They go to this. They get the starter out a little too early sometimes, and I know that you know statistics show that the third time through, it's not usually the best for a starting pitcher. But I, I am still of the belief that unless you are the the elite of the elite, the bullpen, that if you're a starting pitcher, then you're better than a guy that's a, a setup man or a long reliever in the bullpen. Just the way it totally is. Agree. So I want to stay with them, and I hope baseball goes back to it a little bit more. I, I think that. You know, I've tried to spend this offseason sort of embracing the change in the game just as, 
you and I have embraced the college football change and the college basketball change over the years. Try to embrace the change a little bit more, but I do think that's one piece where I'd like to see it go back to it last 10 years and the starter goes on average at least six innings instead of five innings. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you on that. Totally agree. Um, look, I think your first three starters... Now, starters four and five, yeah, you and I could sit down and debate whether, you know, because there's a reason you're a four or five. But the first three guys, I'm with you all the way. I, I think, you know, and, and I'm like you. You do have to embrace the changes with it because we have to stay in front of what's going on with the respective games we're doing. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, I, I'm excited about, you know, what Zach Wheeler did last year. Uh, I'm excited about, you know, what he was able to bring to this organization, and that's you know, but they're hard. Those guys are hard to find. Those kind of players are hard to find. My friend, it is so great to have you with us. It is always great talking with you, whether it's in person or, or in a format like this. Thanks so much, and great job yesterday, by the way. But you always did a great job. Well, I appreciate that, Jonesy. I really do. I look forward to seeing you sometime down the road. And I look forward to that very, very much. He's absolutely one of the great guys out there to be around. Tom McCarthy, voice of the Phillies, CBS. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Stock up now. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Great to have you with us today on this Friday. Neil Kulong, next half hour on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is, because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection. Imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping, and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury, wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Happy Friday, everybody. Brewers Outlet Day. Big weekend. Remember I opened the show about a half hour ago. I said it's going to be cold. It's going to be really cold tonight. Really cold tomorrow. Down, down around zero. 
I'm going to Iowa. It's going to be 11 below zero. Can't wait. <laughs> Brought a hat. Well, this is what you need to bring. Get in the car, go to Brewer's Outlet, and bring home with you whatever you want. Okay? You want beer? They have the best selection of beer anywhere. Imports, domestics, microbrews. Best selection anywhere. Wine coolers. Maybe you're having some people over. Wine coolers. Water. Need lots of water. Soft drinks. Lots and lots of snacks. Indeed. Uh, They roast their peanuts fresh and not every day. Pickle bar. Led by the barrels and the dills. All together now. Led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory, the best. Great selection of pre-owned inventory with that all-important Sunbury Motors guarantee. Fabulous uh, sales staff that works with you. Your trade-in has never been worth more. And a service department that makes this one-stop shopping. That's why they have so much repeat business. People believe in Sunbury Motors because of the experience they had. And that uh, service department, inspections, great job. Routine, great job. Difficult, great job. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street and Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. All right, Neil Kulong last weekend. Well, he just wouldn't give the Steelers a chance. I kept trying to convince him. Not really. Neil, welcome. Great to have you with us. <laughs> it's great to be here. And <laughs> yes, I, I think uh, I think that was my my greatest prediction of the year. Kansas City was going to be Pittsburgh in, in the in the wild card round of the playoffs. I, I know I fought you hard on that prediction. I mean, I I mean, I apologize for I was just I was vehement and uh, <laughs> you you put up a good argument. I, I thought about it. I thought long and hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, said, the I said they're going to get roasted. Uh, I said the Eagles are going to get roasted. The Patriots are going to get roasted. Uh, all right. So let's let's put uh, just very quickly on the game. You and I both know that so much of this, we can talk scheme all we want, but scheme's only good if you got the right matchups. This was a bad matchup from the get-go. Why? Um, it, depth depth and just really the talent in, in one for one. I mean, if, if we were to pick it apart and it's, you can't really do this, but just for, for perspective's sake, look at Travis Kelsey and look at Pat Frymuth. Uh Look at Deontay Johnson. Look at Tyreek Hill. Look at Najee Harris and look at any one of their speed demon running backs, multi-position guys, your, your Jarek McKinnon types of guys. Kansas City just has explosive playmakers and Pittsburgh does not it. And on top of that, you know, the biggest one of all would be the, the quarterback position. Kansas city has a quarterback that's capable of consistently throwing the ball 15 plus yards down the field. That gives you a dimension uh, within your offense to do things. And it's exactly why. Yeah, it was great. You know, it was a lot of fun. The first couple of drives, Steelers defense was playing really well. Yeah. They, they were, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. They did a lot of good things, but you're not going to stop that team. For, for four quarters. There's just no way you can do that in today's NFL. They're going to put points on the board. And then along with that, you had a couple breakdowns within the Steelers defense. And just like that, it was 21 to seven. And that that's the result of Kansas city doing what it normally does. Whereas getting up seven, nothing was Pittsburgh moving the ball literally one foot at a time 
and then making plays on defense yeah. to do it. It's not sustainable. They're just top to bottom. Pittsburgh's offense was they were terrible, especially over the second half of the year. It was worse than it was last season. And a large part of that is they do not have playmakers, explosive playmakers. They've got a lot of guys that can plod. There are a lot of guys that, that will make plays, come up with your combat catches or do things on third and five. They don't have guys that can flip the field. They don't have guys who are a, a, a threat to, to make a big play every time they touch the ball, regardless of where they are on the field. So exactly to your point, scheme is irrelevant if you don't have playmakers. And they, they completely lack playmakers on offense. We've seen it all year. We've seen it for the better part of two years. They're, they're just not good enough. And if you do have a playmaker, you have to catch the ball more than 50% of the time. Uh, and that's a big problem. Uh, I, I felt like every time I watch Deontay Johnson, I feel like I'm watching the movie The Replacements. <laughs> it's, it's like mm. where he can fly down the field. And, like, <laughs> and, such, a, such a frustrating game yes. from him, too. Because the, the first one um, ran a beautiful slant, ran a, a, an all-pro level slant. Um, the cornerback has to know Johnson when, when he's closer to – uh, the tight end when he lines up, you get he's got to be thinking uh, slant is a pretty good option here. Yeah. He's lining up on him evenly. It wasn't he wasn't giving it to him. The ball was snapped. Johnson was off and he was gone immediately. He yeah. beat him immediately off the ball and it clunked square off his hands. Yeah. It's like oh god, that was a first down. And that that's not the end all be all of the game. But two of those would have been first downs that he dropped. I had been three drops. Two of them would have been first downs. Yep. That extends drives. That gets you, theoretically, three more plays. That runs some more time. That gets your, your offense more plays to run to see what the defense is doing. When you punt every down for a half, you're, you're just simply not going to get into any type of rhythm, and you don't have anything to adjust to. I mean, you weren't good at anything. So it, 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 it was extremely frustrating to see that after the year that he had because he, he came on. He was really good yeah. over the last – eight, nine games of the season. You saw really how good that he can be. And he was getting open. He gives himself the opportunity to make plays, but it just, you know, it, it, it just didn't work for whatever reason. Um, who knows? I mean, it's not the velocity of the ball. I know that. So it really, it, it's, it's frustrating to see, but um, you know, if, if nothing else, Johnson showed up every game. Uh, he played the game hard. He's, he's gotten a lot better as a player. I think he, he still has room to grow, He's just going to have to get that figured out, you know, if, if that's something that that, uh, that he can even do. All right, so now let's get to the coordinator situation. Matt Canada and Butler, Keith Butler. What are your thoughts? Um, Canada, you know, I, I can't say the full statement on the air, but you really can't make chicken salad out of chicken stuff. You know, it, it he didn't have weapons available to do much. They the reason this offense this season looks so much like it did last season is because you had a lot of the same guys. It's not the guy calling the plays. They have to draw up stuff that can work. You you don't go into to make plays to try to trick people all the time. It's not a Disney movie, okay? They they can adjust to what you're doing. They can figure out what you're doing. You need to be able to do simple things well, and they couldn't do that. They they're just not very good, uh, top to bottom. I'm not concerned so much with the direction of the offense in year one of Matt Canada. What I would look at more now is uh, he's, he's had a year under his belt as far as running everything. What are they going to do 
Um, what what is it going to look like? What's their plan going to be? They've got a, a, a solid running back. They're going to have a new quarterback. I'm going to guess it's Mason Rudolph, but maybe it's somebody completely different. Um, they're going to need to draft playmakers. So you're, you're putting the, the Steelers' reputation to find good receivers at some point in the draft uh, on the line with this. It, it, it's, it's similar to last year in the sense that they're, they have more needs than they have picks. So how are they going to make that a priority? I think to some degree, if you want to challenge Canada, it's going to have to be you need to get him mid to late round guys, and he's going to have to make something out of them. So it, that's not just on him. That's on the position coaches as well, but they all contribute to that. I, I don't think you get rid of him after a year. I'm not sure there was a point in hiring him simply because mm-hmm. last year at this time when we had this conversation, I said the same thing. They're not going to be a good offensive team next year because uh, they don't have the guys. It, it takes a while to, to build and develop that. They've got to be able to make that move this year. They're going to have to add something explosive on offense, and I think Canada is going to have to be you know, kind of a, a, an eye for that as far as what they have internally, as far as what's in the draft, as far as what's available. He's going to have to weigh in on that, and they're going to let him you know, sleep in the bed that he made. Um, as far as Butler goes, I, you know, I, I, I've heard the rumors, retirement's a possibility. Um, I, I think either way, he's probably at the end of his rope they're going to need to, to continue to change what they're doing. Their offense now does have to kind of, or defense, excuse me, does have to kind of go through uh, TJ Watt fully. They've made the financial commitment to it. They're going to have a lot more younger guys coming in. I think they, they did a lot of different stuff in their secondary this year. And, and with that, you probably still need to refresh talent there. Uh, you're going to have to figure out James Pierre because you're letting Joe Hayden walk for him and you bench James Pierre halfway through the year and let Akilah Witherspoon, who didn't play at all, step up and, and look pretty good. He's probably not coming back. He's going to sign somewhere that, that's above Pittsburgh's uh, desired pay range, and you're going to have to make it work with James Pierre. You're probably going to have to get more out of Cam Sutton, and with that, if Cam Sutton's on the field, hope they don't play Kansas City ever again. He got destroyed in that game. That was yeah. really bad. Yep. Um, and, and you're going to have to draft one, and then you'll sign the standard Steelers veteran slot guy like they always do. Um to me, that that's a defensive overhaul in a lot of ways. They have a lot of good pieces in place, but the defensive line needs to be overhauled. Uh, their inside linebackers, you got some pretty good questions there. What you're going to do? They might be at zero at that at that position. Who knows? Um, I, I think it's time for a, a change in direction there. It's not so much that Butler did a terrible job or Tomlin had to bail him out or anything like that. It just it's time to find somebody else. Um, I, I think Terrell Austin is the guy they've had in mind to do exactly that. Um, and I'm not against that. I, I think he did a great job with the secondary. And I think the secondary really kind of has to become more of a strength of the team now. And I mean, across the entire board, they're going to have to play eight defensive back deep. That That's kind of the way the NFL works nowadays. Yeah. And I think Austin has better insight to that uh, than Butler has shown to from the past before Austin came in. So I, I, I think Austin's probably their guy. Um, and with that too, maybe, maybe they're going to take a look at the linebacker position. I uh, looked how to, to, to recoach that Jerry Elsofsky has done a great job. He's been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. They've got a real problem there though. And that that's something that's going to have to be addressed, uh, in every phase of the off season. That might include coaching as well. All right. Um, the Steelers, uh, along Green Bay and the Patriots bucked the trend the last 20 plus years. We're in the NFL, the way it's designed between schedule, drafting, and so forth. You're supposed to have a dip, and then you're supposed to recover. The Steelers, Packers, and Patriots, in one form or another, stayed in the neighborhood of the playoffs and relative through the entire two-decade period. Okay, Favre-Rogers, 
Brady, Roethlisberger, all were centerpieces for making that happen. I know Ben at the end, the last two years, I felt like he did more aiming of the ball than he did throwing of the football. But how would you put Ben Roethlisberger's career into perspective? I think Ben, uh, overall, I, I, I hate to say this because I sound like a, a TV studio analyst that kind of just does the, the surface evaluation things, but the best way to describe Ben is tough. Um, mm-hmm. he, he gutted games out. And more than, you know, the, the, comp- the level of competitive leadership that he showed, I think it's something the Steelers are going to see next year uh, as, as a, a, a step down. They don't have guys like that. Ben did not let his team give up. And granted, there are games like his, his last one that were, you know, both uh, completely out of reach and, you know, him playing his best didn't do anything. But there are games in which he brought the team back. They've made them, he was able to make them more competitive because he wasn't going to let them just lose. He wasn't going to quit. There's a resounding effect of that on a team. When you know that you have a guy like that, you, you want to rise to that level. Um, without that, I think the Steelers are going to feel it. And to me, that's what a legacy really is. What is the team after the guy? What, what happens to them after? Uh, I'm not sure what they're going to look like. But uh, to your point, he was aiming the ball because he really couldn't throw it. Mm-hmm. I don't care right. what anybody says. He did not have many instances in which he was able to rear back and really gun it the way that we've seen it. And the guy, you know, he essentially fought wars on the field. He, he, he was bludgeoned uh, over a very long career. He paid the toll for his Hall of Fame induction uh, with his body. And we're going to see that as the years go on, I think. Yeah. Um, he didn't have it. He got away with it, though. And I, I've said this for years. Ben, ben was always one of the more underrated intelligent quarterbacks he was a very cerebral player he knew what to do with the ball and i think this year probably more than anything we saw that he only had what eight interceptions or something like that they still threw a lot i mean a lot of it was because they were way behind but he he made good decisions with the ball this year because he knew he had to protect it Mm -hmm. in the past he might not have felt that as much because they had such an explosive offense they were going to be able to get it back but if he could beat a team by halftime that's what he wanted to do he couldn't play like that. He had to adjust his game. And while he wasn't difference-making good, he wasn't bad either. You know, if, if, if Ben wanted to play and he, he really felt that, there's a team that would pay him $20 million to play for him next year. I guarantee you that. Look around the league. I mean, you, you know, the teams that weren't in the playoffs, you saw some horrible quarterbacks. And I know that it's unfair that Patrick Mahomes kind of has to set the standard of, of quality quarterback play, but that's what it is now. Ben would be able to get on a field and not screw anything up and, and put his team in position to win uh, better than a lot of the quarterbacks that are in the league today. But he doesn't have anything left physically. He wasn't going to be a, a difference maker. I guess all of that really just speaks to the fact that in, in many ways, I would just say he was very underrated in terms of his, the full scope of his game. Um, he won a lot. He's not a, a top echelon guy, but I think he made his mark on this generation of the NFL and this era of the NFL in a very positive and very memorable way. And to me, that that's about as strong an endorsement I think you can give anybody right. Uh, who right now is not Tom Brady, uh, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, guys that, you know, Ben's peers, even a Drew Brees. Um, these are some absolutely phenomenal quarterbacks. And Ben wasn't far below any of them. I think Ben made his team better 
on a on a game to game basis, and the dude was tough as nails. You you loved watching him, and they're they're going to miss him, uh, even if he wasn't physically at his best. He he made that team better doing everything that he could in every season, and it wasn't always going to be enough uh, in, in, to win a Super Bowl. But he he put everything out there, and I'm I'm curious to see how they're going to replace that. Not only that, I think uh, it's just a guess on my part. But you got a feeling that he was in charge more at the line of scrimmage with what they were going to run in the fourth quarter of games, and his passer rating was exponentially higher in the fourth quarter this year. It's just a guess on my part, but my guess is because he really was in charge at that point. That would not surprise me at all. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go off the rails here a little bit. This is a, a really silly example, I know, but I, I saw Van Halen in concert in 2012, and this is like 62 year old David Lee Roth singing for the first hour and a half of the show. David Lee Roth wasn't even singing every third note. You know, it's like he was pacing himself the entire time, and it was really boring. It, it wasn't good. I was kind of frustrated. I I knew what I was getting into, but. It, it wasn't a very good show. The last nine or 10 songs, it was obvious that he cranked it up. Like he had been saving himself for this the entire time. And that really kind of became the show. I think that in a way is, is to some degree is kind of what Ben was doing. I think he figured out what a defense was doing. And it, by the end of it, he had a good sense of what they were going to do. And that's when he turned it on. His best throws were always in the second half and usually in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. He didn't start off the game well, I don't think, in, in any game they played this year and probably most of last year. Uh, he, he had to use what he had sparingly. We saw at times uh, he had some physical ability left. I remember a, a throw against Indianapolis last year that uh, he hadn't attempted all game or all season, and he hit it you know, square on the money. He had moments of that this season, but not enough to make you think he could do it over that time. It's almost like he was trying to save himself. And that that speaks to he probably just doesn't have anything left physically. And that that's really all that he had to give. Well, you know what? He felt like he gave it all for 18 years. Now, uh, time to turn the page. Uh, it's going to be one of those situations where sometimes you don't know what you have until you don't. There are going to be some Pittsburgh fans who are going to sit back and go, oh, man, I miss that dude. <laughs> so, we'll, we'll hear it in week one. Yes. Well, he's not Ben. Well, he's not Ben. Yeah. We're, we're going we're gonna to hear that for a generation. Yeah. My friend, thanks so much. Uh, a lot to talk about in this offseason, so we'll look forward to talking next week. Definitely. I'm look, looking, uh, looking forward to doing that. Thanks for having me. Neil Kulong joining us to talk about the Steelers and a retrospective of Ben Roethlisberger's career. A final hour coming up. Rich Scarcello, Redding Eagle, next half hour. Josh gets off the voice of the Penguins in the final half hour. Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of slushies. And the pickle bar all together now, led by the barrels and the dills. You're right there on... Uh, 15, right? 11 and 15. Indeed, second to none, all of Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Rich Garcello, Josh Getzoff, next hour on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay.